Let's welcome in our next guest, Raptors reporter Josh Lewenberg, who uh, goes to Chicago on the road sometimes with the team. Josh, um, the next time you're in Chicago, will you investigate this Taylor Swift-themed restaurant called Bad Bloods? I did not know about this. This is the first time hearing about it, but my wife is a big Taylor Swift fan. Not so much personally, but... Um, yeah, after I after I get my popcorn in Chicago, that and, and deep dish pizza, those are the first two stops. Then I'll check out Taylor Swift. No. Jay Lou, what do you make of Freddie and his comments, buddy? <laughs> I mean, he is it something to talk about? If nothing else. Yeah, I know, but is it like we were talking about it earlier? Is it, are these like bad team comments? Like, does this only happen when a team's not that good, or is this a buildup of the Raps actually thinking they're getting screwed? I do understand that there are players that think the refs are having a personal vendetta against them. Just what's the overarching comment about what what you saw last night? Yeah, well, I, I think that's most players and teams and fan bases. Like, everyone thinks they're being screwed by the officials, but, like, not all 30 teams could be getting screwed by the officials. Or maybe they are, but if that's the case, they're all being screwed equally, right? I mean, listen, the, the numbers do not back that up. I, I was looking at them today, and I'm actually surprised. I, I figured the Raptors would be a lot higher in terms of fouls committed just because of how aggressive their defense is. But they're actually in the middle of the league in terms of the amount of fouls that have been called on them. They're 12th in the league in free throw attempts and 12th in the league in limiting free throw attempts, which is both above average. So, yeah, that's not anything crazy. And, yeah, there are going to be nights where there's an imbalance in fouls and free throw attempts as there was last night against the Clippers. But I'm always surprised when the first reaction is, well, let's blame the officials for that. I mean, sometimes the officials are to blame for that. But they're not Oprah. You get a foul and you get a foul. Like, their job is not to divvy up fouls equally. There are some nights where the Raptors are fouling a lot, right? Because I mentioned it, they they are a really aggressive defensive team. And on nights where they're not especially sharp and they're not defending the way that they should be defending, they do. They commit a lot of fouls and they put teams on the line. So, yeah, I I mean, I I think in some ways, listen, it's convenient right now today that the narrative is, well, Raptors versus referees when the Raptors didn't play well enough last night. And that's been the case most of the season where, I mean, I know there was a lot of disappointment after that loss to Denver and and obviously the, the attention was on the officials there because of how close the game was down the stretch and the controversial um, ejection of Scotty Barnes. But the reality is, if the Raptors played as hard as they did that night in Denver, most nights over the, the past four months, they wouldn't be in the predicament that they are now. The record wouldn't look like it does now. So I, I think, yeah, a lot of it is frustration that's stemming from that. And a lot of it is, some, some of it is justifiable too, right? Like, I think the crux of the Van Vliet argument is not necessarily like, oh, well, the calls are not going our way, but he he's mentioned the way that some officials are carrying themselves on the floor with an arrogance or a self-importance, an ego that's leading to some of these really soft technicals and in some cases officials taking over games. And I see that too. We all do. I agree. That's a problem around the league. And that's a big conversation. I don't know that Fred donating his money last night is going to change things, but clearly he was emotional and frustrated. 
Well, if enough players are talking about referees, like you hear Fred, we hear Ner- Nick Nurse a lot, Scotty, even Marcus Smart kind of saying now, I'll just let Fred do the talking. Like, does this lead to some kind of referendum on referees and how they're going to operate? Because it seems like, by the way you're describing it and the way things are going on, it's like there's a few referees that are very emotional, may have a chip on their shoulder, and would the NBA ever step in and kind of reprimand those guys and tell them, like, this stuff can't happen? I mean, maybe that's something that becomes a point of emphasis over time if enough people are talking about it. I just don't know if you're Fred Van Vliet, and certainly if you're the Raptors, that you want to be putting your face on this cause, right? Like, it, it, you're not going to win this battle. And, and it's not even one that you want to get into or that you want to win because, yeah, there's no question that there is a strain in the relationship between officials and players in this league, and specifically when it comes to the Raptors. Certainly this week, that's been a hot topic of conversation is the relationship between the team and the officials. But it's a two-way street. Like like I said, I don't agree with some of the, as Fred put it yesterday, power tripping that the officials do. They have to respect players and coaches. But that respect goes both ways, or at least it should. And players and coaches have to respect the officials. And the Raptors don't always do that. There aren't too many teams in the league that argue and complain as much as the Raptors. And I imagine that that's something that that wears on officials as well. So if there is a strain in the relationship, the Raptors have to look at themselves in the mirror. There are a lot of, I think Fred and and, and Pascal Siakam, they do it quite a bit. Scotty Barnes is a big issue too, because he's a young player. It's his second year in the league. He's not LeBron. Like one, he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt with a lot of these officials, whether you agree that that should be a thing or not, it is in the league. But also, like Van Vliet and Siakam, they built a relationship with a lot of these officials. Not always good relationships, but at least like they know who they're dealing with. They know their audience. They know what they can get away with and what they can't. And as we saw in Denver, Scotty doesn't really know that yet. And he talks a lot more than I, I can remember any rookie or sophomore player having conversations with the officials. And then, oh, by the way, Nick Nurse has a lot to do with it as well, too. I, I think it starts at the top, and I don't think he sets the greatest example in terms of like letting some stuff go, playing through some stuff, because this is a team, we talked about the quality of this team right now, they're not good enough to lose focus as frequently as this team tends to lose focus when the whistle isn't going their way. We saw it in Denver, and I think we saw it last night against the Clippers as well. J-Lo, you talked about Fred's relationship being strained with the refs. What do you think his relationship is with the Raps and being here? Does he kind of have a look to you where he's somewhat almost surprised that he's still a Raptor, possibly disappointed? Just where where do you think he's at? Because I thought that there was going to be some turnover and some change, and that never came to fruition. So where do you think his head is at? No, I, I don't think he expected to be moved at the deadline for a few reasons. And as far as I understand, I mean, listen, it, it's been a few months since we've heard Van Vliet and the Raptors really talk openly about their future together. I think you probably have to go back to media day just before training camp when he was asked questions about, okay, well, this is your contract here. What's up? What's the plan for next summer? And they, at that point anyway, both Fred and Masai Ujiri were very open about saying, like, this 
is a, a long-term marriage. It's a long-term relationship. Yeah, they're going to have to figure out contractual stuff and there's going to be a negotiation and knowing the parties there, the side who's a shrewd negotiator and Fred Van Leet, who's a very savvy business person like that. That's not going to be an easy negotiation, but they've always said that their plan is to move forward together. Now things have changed considerably over the last few months, just given the season that the team has had and the, the season that Van Leet has had. I mean, he has turned things up, Recently, I think he's been pretty solid here over the last couple of months, but he, he's had a slow start. He's struggled with his shot, and I agree with you. Like, the body language isn't always great. There's certainly some frustration. We, we, he just spoke to the media uh, recently, kind of addressing his comments yesterday, and he did say, like, there, there's been a lot of frustration this year that he hasn't had in years past. I don't see that as being directly with the organization or a reflection of, not wanting to be here. As far as I understand, and I haven't spoken to Fred directly or even the, the organization directly, but as far as I've heard from people around the situation, their plans have not changed. They still intend to move forward together. The Raptors see Van Leek as part of their core moving forward. And Fred, yeah, like it, it's going to come down to dollars and cents to some degree, but I think he wants to be here as well too. But as we also know, things can change in a hurry in the NBA. Jay Lou, uh, the Raptors will wrap up their road trip against the Lakers, who are uh, without the services of LeBron James. And it's funny that these two organizations are in the same spot in their respective conferences. And yet, you look at what the Lakers are, have been trying to build. Uh, how have you assessed how they've been able to handle the injury to LeBron James as they try to get that team into a playoff spot? Well, they've been pretty good. Like they, They've won, I believe, it's six of their last eight games. Anthony Davis has been a monster. It's been a weird season for him because when he's been good, and a lot of it has come with LeBron off the court, when he's been good, he's been really, really good. But he's also drawn some ire, too, as he has throughout the course of his career for either being hurt or not entirely reliable. And I still I know they won a championship together, but I still don't really know about that pairing and, and how good they are together. I think that still kind of remains to be seen. Um, but I like some of the additions they made at the trade deadline. And they're a team that's hungry right now. They're playing for something as was the Clippers, as were the Clippers last night. I mean, that, that's one of the reasons why, like, if you're the Raptors, you can't be taking these teams lightly right now. As tight as things are in the East, they're even tighter in the West. Going into last night, there were three games separating nine teams in the West, with the Lakers and the Clippers being right in the middle of it. And that's why I said earlier, like, if you're the Raptors and people are talking right now about the officials, it's probably a good thing for them as opposed to talking about the fact that they're one for three on a road trip and, and could be one and four if, if they lose a very losable game tomorrow against the Lakers team that's playing well. That would be a disaster considering where this Raptors team is right now and how much is at stake in every one of these games. So, yeah, two and three sounds a lot better than one and four. This is pretty close to a must-win game for the Raptors, given their situation. Awesome stuff as always, J. Lou. I appreciate you joining us here on Overdrive. All right, guys. Talk soon. There you have it. Josh Lewinberg, TSN's Raptors reporter. Again, it's the Raptors against the Lakers. 10.30 local time tomorrow night. As the Raptors look to salvage a win on this road trip. Death row? Yep. Get us to break because we well, got to play life or death row wow. after dark. 
And there is a doozy waiting for us on the other okay. side. In oh. the chamber, a doozy? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> when Frankie tells you to go to break, you go to break. Overdrive. TSN 1050 and TSN 2.